and welcome to Florida Foodie. I'm your host, Lisa Bell, along with our producer, Thomas Mates. Today, we have a prolific chef and restaurateur. He is classically trained and has worked all across the country with Michelin-starred chefs like Wolfgang Puck, not to name drop, but we are, uh, before opening up Tag Tagless here in Orlando, which is focused on Filipino and American cuisine. On top of all that, he has just opened two more restaurants since the pandemic started, which is extremely remarkable. So we are so grateful to be joined today by Chef Mike Calantes. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. So tell us about your interesting start into the culinary field. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, I'm from uh, from Winter Park, from Orlando, Florida. So, went to culinary school here. Uh, I always tell people I started at the uh, Sabaro School of Pizzerias at 16 <laughs> at the Fashion Square Mall. So, uh, you know, I started my career here in Orlando. Went to Valencia, but uh, I spent the last uh, before I went traveling for about 10 years was. Uh, left as the head sushi chef for Wolfgang Puck in downtown Disney before wow. it did close. Yeah. Talk about some amazing training uh, to be able to work, you know, in a restaurant like that. Um, were you always like growing up, you said you started out, you know, 16 working in the food industry, but had you always been drawn to the kitchen? I think uh, before it got really polished and professional, when I jumped on board, it was uh, it was a, it was a great industry for the misfits and the ones who <laughs> wasn't gonna you know I couldn't see myself doing anything but but with my hands and what I, I still say to this day the the hospitality industry just really gives that instant gratification. You get to really. Um, see the guests and see their expressions. So that was really, really big for me. Uh, but no actual training before I uh, went to culinary school here at Valencia and uh, and then at Wolfgang, obviously, and then traveled the country with some amazing, amazing chefs from Las Vegas to Philly and Hawaii. Wow. Yeah. What brought you back to Orlando then? Uh, well, Orlando got cool, I guess, while I was gone. <laughs> got really cool, the industry, the restaurant scene and everything. But uh, what brought me back was I was in, uh, after traveling for about 10 years, working for Roby Sean, Masa Takayama, Eric Repair, and my mentor, Jennifer Carroll, who was on Top Chef. Uh, she was on a few seasons of Top Chef, so she's one of my um, all-star best chefs I've ever worked for. Uh, but my wife and I had a restaurant in Hawaii. Uh, it brought us out to Hawaii, which was amazing just uh you know you are on an island you get a little island fever and when we decided to have kids we came back to Orlando to see family and uh never left yeah so tell us about Taglish Collective for people who haven't Tag heard of it before what is it Absolutely. Tavish Collective is our new restaurant group started this year, 2021, but we have our first restaurant. Uh, my previous uh, position was being the corporate chef for the Bento group. And I traveled and helped them open up multiple locations with them. But, um, for uh, the restaurant group that we've just created, we started out in a Korean supermarket on the edge of town, uh, maybe two months before the pandemic. Uh, November 2019, it was hitting the, the country really hard in February. And uh, I, I felt like we were still young and still fresh enough to figure out new ideas, how to get business in. We we're labeled essential uh, an essential worker since we were in the supermarket. So that actually helped us stay open throughout the pandemic and uh, pivot this whole time during that. Uh, but we also just with 
added confidence going through that, we decided to open up multiple restaurants uh, and help other restaurants that were struggling. There was a bar, Thirsty Topher. Uh, they needed food. They closed for six months. They needed to bring back people in. And there was the only way we could do it was with food. So we opened a pizza place with them, probably from handshake to first pizza out less than a, a month and a half. Wow. So that was really quick. And you're absolutely right. That was a huge thing during pan the pandemic. You know, when bars were shut down, but restaurants were allowed to be open, people were trying to partner. Uh, and it's amazing, you know, and, and a good opportunity for you to kind of step in and fill that need. Absolutely. And, and it's from these partnerships, I feel like uh, everyone was struggling, but communities got smaller. Mm -hmm. And even with Soseki, our fine dining restaurant out in Winter Park, uh, we I partnered with a chef that got furloughed during that time, an amazing sushi chef named Denny Cha. And we went on this journey of doing pop-ups and, uh, again, figuring out how this thing could work. We didn't really have a game plan for it. Uh, we always say we have the roadmap of how not to open a restaurant crew, <laughs> but it helped. And now we have a 10-seat fine dining 20 course two hour experience wow. in Orlando right in Winter Park um, if we can't do fine dining and go into New York and LA why don't we bring it here to Orlando and we're able to bring in a lot of top tier talent for that property so I've noticed with with all your your businesses it seems like and I I mean this in the best way possible it's like you're a hermit crab kind of like moving into the shells of other businesses and just sort of setting up shop has that you said that that's helped you to sort of absolutely expand and grow even more so than uh, with like a traditional brick and mortar being any, nimble and flexible i think yes yeah any possible concept any possible way where we wouldn't shy away from uh the pizza place which uh they literally built a restaurant which ended up being a, a 10 by 12 foot uh closet of a kitchen <laughs> but they said yeah we have it available and um they put it on Facebook, Thirsty Topher put it on Facebook, 88 people, I think, applied. And we came in with a great concept and, and great sensibility. So uh, not being afraid of any operation that comes through. So Seki, another one, it was actually a salon that every time I passed by this building, I knew it should be something more. And uh, we, we just created a, a brand new experience for that. And then we have a couple. We have a couple more restaurants in the works already. We have about three new restaurants uh, happening later this year. Wow. And we just opened our test kitchen slash uh, media company called Eighty Six Media. Amongst all this, um, I hired this guy, uh, Aram, um, my my main partner here, Aram. He came back from China. PPP hit, uh, or excuse me, came back from China. COVID hit. Uh, he had no network here in Orlando. He started just doing some photography uh, for us on the side. We were able to pivot PPP to get awareness about our company out. And uh, he made himself irreplaceable. And uh, from that, we said, well, we're opening all these concepts. Why don't we just do our own media company and do it in-house and uh, offer new opportunity? So again, just um, we're taking a very untraditional uh, approach to, to how to grow. And it's working well for us. So with that media company, I mean, are you going to start, you know, your own YouTube channel and try and capitalize off of all of that media as well? 
Absolutely. When we got him on board in May of last year, it was a three month. Listen, man, PPP hit. Uh, we could get you for three months and then we don't know what's going to happen. He said, fine. He grew our TikTok from zero i mean we didn't i didn't even know about TikTok. <laughs> i don't know about it. i'm i'm in the kitchen i don't know what any of these things uh TikTok from zero to about eighteen thousand wow. in six months and we saw a 20 percent upswing on weekends they would i saw the videos i saw and we just started seeing um a new way to we you, you can't meet people. We were all stuck in house. Uh, you know, we, we started really diving into media during that time. I'm sure we binge watched that Tiger show back then that we don't even talk about now. Uh, but that during that time, we, we were able to capture a lot of people. And once it was, it was go time to get out there, they're first in line, they're out the door. It is yeah. so interesting because your business has really flourished during the pandemic and grown. How key and important was getting and securing that PPP to allowing you guys to stay afloat and to grow and to expand? I, got, I, I talked about a little bit of the, we, we got confident. And I think that, that confidence came from having some government assistance. Mm -hmm. Other people weren't as fortunate, um, but it did, you could see a little bit light of the tunnel. I mean, I opened, two months uh you know covid was hitting really hard in february but we opened in november 2019 mm -hmm. in a korean supermarket uh no one wanted to show up there by january it was empty i mean it was tough for us no one wanted to come in and so it it was very scary at times i was working pretty much open to close by myself a few days out of the week um, luckily we weren't, we didn't lose too many folks and we brought those people back in PPP gave us the confidence to say, Hey, there's a little bit of extra assistance to continue us forward. And we took some risks and, uh, it paid off. So obviously, sorry, just real quick. Everyone knows about pizza. We've all had pizza before and everyone for the most part has had sushi before, but what exactly can you get at Taglish, which is Filipino American cuisine? What are you serving up there? Absolutely. So all of our concepts are, are a little bit unique, a little bit different. Um, we say if, if everyone's having a, a pepperoni and hot honey pizzas at their pizza spot, we'll never do it. If you could get this, you know, some this dish somewhere else, we're, we want really unique experiences. We hire high level chefs and we want to keep them interested. We want to keep them really uh, the brains, you know, turning. So with Taglish, this is a second, this is not what you'd find in the Philippines. This is truly, and it's not fusion by any means. It's uh, a perspective of second generation Filipino American food. We had burritos on the menu. We have burgers on the menu, uh, some of those things. And you'll, you'll find some traditional aspects with the, our American spin. Uh, whenever anyone asks me what part of the Philippines I'm from, I always say New Jersey. Uh, so, That's a beautiful part of the Philippines, yeah. by the way. Yeah. <laughs> right over Especially this river. time of the year. Yeah. Oh, it's gorgeous. Um, but same thing with the pizza place. Uh, our claim to fame right now is banana pizzas, literally bananas on pizzas with pepperoni and calabrese peppers. You won't find it anywhere else. We know it works. I mean, we're not, we're a little cuckoo uh, as <laughs> chefs, but I think we know what we're doing. And that's our number one seller, uh, along with, uh, our, our second highest sellers, everybody hates pineapple pizza. We said, how do we take something that no one likes or half the people like I was, and I love uh, pineapple re-engineer re it? <laughs> yeah. So what do you do with it? I mean, I'm a, I'm a big fan of, you know, Canadian bacon and pineapple. What do you do with it? 
Right. So uh, I it's, I love it. I mean, I grew up eating it, right? Um, surprisingly, they don't eat it in Hawaii as much as you think they would, right? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, you usually get these canned dull pineapples that's expired for two years on your pizza with some Canadian bacon. That's just what it is. So we take fresh pineapples, we make it into a pineapple jam in-house. We take some beautiful smoked applewood newski bacon, put that on there and the house made pickled jalapenos. We put three different types of Italian cheeses. Our tomatoes are imported from Italy and DLP government certified San Marizanos. I mean, we just use, we take this chef approach to it and try not to mess it up. And uh, so you're really getting some very chef driven, you know, in the beginning, everyone's like, how come I can't make my own pizza? Well, we took two months to R&D this pizza. So maybe, <laughs> maybe try it first and then add your, you know, your own spin afterwards. So you had kind of hinted at the fact that like, uh, you know, you're starting out just before the pandemic really hit. And then as the pandemic hit, there was seemed to be this apprehension of a lot of people. And I should say unjustified, a lot of people visiting, you know, Asian run businesses. And but did you how so you, you were starting to feel that effect as as things were hitting? Absolutely. In the beginning, I mean, one, we just opened three months ago. So we're still in the swing of, of figuring out how to operate. I've worked for a lot of great and amazing chefs, a lot of big brands. I was a corporate chef before it, but this was actually mine. And so I was going to sink or swim. We were going to do anything and everything uh, during that time. Uh, you know, it, it's unfortunate it did come from you know from china so there was just a little bit of fear mongering in the beginning um but i think that also we were ahead of the when everyone shut down in march we were already feeling the effects of early february so it really helped us to pivot ourselves before before the, the big hit yeah and the communities since come together and obviously you've, you've flourished oh absolutely um uh, and we just do things that we that that we enjoy, uh, having chef meetups, having uh, you know collaborations. We are doing a lot of collaborations with other chefs and getting their name out there during this time to help them build their business. Um, doing all of the media marketing for those for for our operations. I always say it was a it was a combination of a lot of things that really just made it start to snowball effect. Yeah, yeah. So it also seems helpful as you, you know, to go along with that thought, um, you know, to partner with these businesses like the Thirsty Topher and even being inside the supermarket. I mean, that really helps cut down on your costs. And then hopefully you can, you know, piggyback off some of their uh, customers and introduce your brand to them. But in addition to that, how, you know, do you, are you guys on Uber Eats and any sort of delivery app? Oh, yeah. So we, um, you know, everyone really wanted to support local during that time. Uh, April, uh, you know, May, there was a big push for support local and get delivery. Well, we realized during that time that the percentages that Uber Eats and these big brands were taking out of us, I mean, we were, we, we saw, we finally, April came, the big push was happening. We could see a lot of people doing to-goes. We're so thankful. Then you see the month end, then you see your P&L reports and you see profit and loss and you see that over 30% of what you would have made in profit literally went back into those Uber Eats and all of those delivery apps. And you just get, I sank. I sank. I did. I, we, we opened it up to four delivery systems and to realize how much they were taking out of the cut, 
uh, it was like it didn't even affect it didn't even uh, help us right so what we did you do? It. we were busy um, we cut them out we cut them out we started doing that I think that's when curbside really hit with a lot of people we started doing curbside we started um, just meeting our, uh, our clients as much as possible uh, the collaboration started at that time where we would uh, you know if you pick up in a very safe manner uh, we collaborated with Valkyrie Donuts uh, with Get and Messy Barbecue and what we did was we take their products do it there, shoot the promo, and just collaborate on a on a dish together, and um, and that really helped to mm-hmm. to get away from the delivery. Yeah. So a lot of curbside. That's interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, you talk about how different your cuisine is. You have sushi, you have Filipino American, and pizza, and you plan to open at least three more concepts. What can we expect from those? Uh, we have, uh, you know, sushi is such a broad range of styles. Um, we have tagless too. Or finally, we're going to do a brick and mortar that should open in the next month or two by UCF. Uh, you can expect the same thing that we're doing that tagless just in our own space finally instead of in a food court. Uh, and you should expect, uh, so, so Seki is, again, 20 courses. I mean, we're in the entertainment capital of the world so we always say it's not really dinner or lunch it's more of a, a full you know two-hour experience. experience yeah you know from fish all over the world um you know products we have uh exclusive garden edible education a nonprofit garden in college park that we we get all of our um, a lot of our produce from actually and we're using a lot of local produce and local farmers um, but that's not, you know, not everyone can spend that kind of money on, on sushi, uh, on that experience. So we, we are in works with um, the Robinson Room and the guys downtown, amazing group down there. They do cocktails well. Well, they, we do food really well. So you'll see um, a, a little bit more relaxed environment sushi uh, to go with the cocktails. So that's in the works. And then a few other projects that we can't really say, but uh, again, with the, the mentality that we have, if someone else is doing it, we're going to try to do something completely different, turn it around, you know, uh, and, and do something like that. Which is so incredible because as we have seen during the pandemic, so many kind of traditional restaurants, sadly, have had to shut their doors um, and just haven't been able to stay afloat. And so obviously the fact that you can be so flexible and nimble and make changes and pivot and do what you need to do, I'm sure has been key. Earlier, though, you mentioned when you moved, you decided to move in part back from Hawaii here because you wanted to start a family, you wanted to settle down. How do you juggle that all, you know, building this whole collective and then starting a family and, you know, having that work-life balance. I have no idea. We have a four-year-old and a four-month-old at home. And <laughs> uh, in the past month, we opened two restaurants and a media company. Uh, my wife's not too happy with it. <laughs> she's happy. She's, I've got to buy her a purse every once in a while, but she's happy. Um, <laughs> it, it's always a hard balance. I, I think as a chef, I've been a workaholic for sure, but we really are trying to change what hospitality means uh, as a restaurant group. As soon as we we got this restaurant group and we started getting a lot of key players that are invested into, the, into this operation, um, we just knew we can't do it alone. We have to build our own community and people have to be behind the, be behind the vision. And how does that work is... Uh, uh, we have a lot of core values that I think really make us stand out. Um, we treat our team better than our guests. No one really wants to hear that, but it's the truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
if we don't treat them well, how can they know what hospitality is? Uh, we're working right now to get mental health specialists uh, are basically where they have access that we will pay for completely, where we would have um, mental health checks twice a month so that they doesn't go to me, it goes directly to uh, who we're connecting with currently. And uh, they'll just have access to, um, you know, to, to speak that out because this is a tough, you know, a tough career. It's a, mm -hmm. it's a tough uh, industry. Uh, we just had a chef meet up and um, a couple of the chefs were like, yeah, during COVID we had a, a chef, you know, heavy depression and all these things. And just for us to give access to speak that out with other chefs. Uh, so we're going to continue to do that. So we're just taking a, I, I want to create a hospitality group and an environment and community where we really flourish and help each other, but also, um, yeah, just a little different than uh, things I wish I had when I was in the industry, uh, you know, going, doing 18 years in the industry. You had mentioned before, and, and I, I worked in kitchens when I was in college that, you know, the restaurant industry tends to attract a lot of misfits, people on the margin. So I have to imagine that they, they really appreciate, you know, get having, you know, uh, a boss that, that would look after not just their, their, their work well-being, but also their mental well-being. And I have to imagine that that really helps to build that collective, as you called it. No, absolutely. And that is the collective. It's um, we're all working toward the same goal. And I always ask these guys, what is your, uh, you know, what's your dream scenario? Where are you trying to be? And how do we align what we're trying to do with what you're doing? And if we're running in the same path, then we're going to ultimately meet the same goals. And um, it might not be where you want to be now, but it's somewhere where we could see it in the future. Um, why we grew so, fa so fast is because, yeah, we started having people who just didn't want to leave. We needed to give them new opportunity. Um, you know, you get them stuck in, in one position for too long, they're going to get stagnant. And, and do I want to lose them to a competitor or do I want to build an opportunity for them, whether that's in the media side, whether they say, hey, I'm done with being in operations and I'd rather be uh, behind a desk and do HR. Well, perfect. Let's build that operation for you. And we've, we've seen, a, you know, usually turnover is pretty high in this industry we haven't had a call out we haven't had some issues or coming in drunk or any of those things uh, in the past eight months and i really think it's so oh. uh, it's a it's a very intense uh, operation but mm -hmm. um we are we, we we do try to put their best interests in mind as long as it aligns with us i didn't even mention uh we're, right now all of the all of the staff uh, front back of house it's usually divided um, everyone gets tipped out everyone gets a tip out so everyone's in the same pool this collective of mm -hmm. if I don't perform you don't do well if you don't perform I don't do well financially and so we've seen this amazing connectivity with our team I know we're running out of time, but I have a couple of other questions. That's um, been a big issue in Florida, raising the minimum wage to $15 an hour. Can I get your thoughts on that? I think it's uh, it's, a, it's a necessary evil as it would. I mean, like people need to live and they need to, to make the, uh, a certain amount to, to have a, 
to have a lifestyle, to have a life, to build a family. Um, I don't disagree with it. I know it's going to be tough. And that I think that's why we are changing how hospitality is being run. Uh, we're opening up the chef forum, which we did last week at Perlis Pizza. We had a big chef meeting and we're just opening the forum of how you guys are combating all of this. Um, I know for us, it's going to be from sharing the tip pool, making it accessible for everyone to be a little bit more equal. Not 20% of the employees are making 80% of the compensation. Um, but I, I fully believe that that's, but we also understand that we're going to have to work harder. We're going to have to work smarter. We're going to have to cut some people, you know, some positions out. Um, it will be some rocky times for it. And I think as a consumer, as, as a guest, you should see a little bit of increase in, in dining out as a, as a pleasure. Right. So an experience, yeah. as you mentioned. As an experience, yeah. absolutely. Um, and you said you asked your employees, what's your dream scenario? What's your dream scenario? A taglish on every corner across the country? Or, you know? <laughs> I just want to, you know, we've been we've been approached already to go to uh, other cities and, and how they franchise. I'd love to be involved, and that's fantastic. I'm here to grow the community, the chef community here in Orlando first. Um, I would love to... Um, continue to explore Filipino American culture and bring it more mainstream. I think out of, we are the large, second largest population of Asians in America with the least representation. So we, I'd love to continue to explore that with new concepts. Um, I'd love to see uh, a Filipino stall at Epcot Food and Wine, uh, mm -hmm. you know, um, but, uh, or, or see my, see one of our concepts at Disney. I think that's, that's our number one is to see that and bring more notoriety to what Orlando food scene, what's happening here. Um, everyone says Orlando food's on the rise. Well, I, I tell them that, no, it's here. We just all have to be on the same page and continue to push and work hard um, and treat our people well. Awesome. Mike Talantes, thank you so much for spending some time with us. Taglish Collective, uh, some great restaurants. Check them out. Go get some curbside pickup. And, Where can uh, people find you online real quick? Just lastly, before you go. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, Taglish FL, Soseki FL, Perlis Pizza. Uh, Google my name. I'm sure we'll pop. <laughs> I'm sure we'll pop. <laughs> well, thank Absolutely. you so much. Yes. Thank you again, guys. Appreciate it. All yeah, right. thanks for having me. Take That's care. Perfect. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to Florida Foodie. We'd also like to thank our guest, Chef Mike Colantes from Taglish Collective. You can find the chef online at mikecolantes.com. You can also find his restaurants on social media. Search for Taglish FL, Soseki FL, and Perla's Pizza on Facebook and Instagram. Be sure to follow Lisa Bell online as well. Search Lisa Bell News on Facebook and Instagram or Lisa Bell News 6 on Twitter. You can also find her new children's book online at normanknownbooks.com and by searching Norman Gnome Books on Facebook and Instagram. Also, a big thank you to our technical producers, Derek Mosier and Ryan Haley. I'm the show's producer, Thomas Mates. Florida Foodie is available for download wherever you get your podcasts. Please take the time to rate and review us there as well. You can find videos of all of our podcasts on clickorlando.com slash podcast.